This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Tonight we're going to hear from Dr. Daniel Iskrig. Danny was, um, has been a longtime member of Christian Chapel. Uh, he was our children's pastor in a, a previous generation. I think most of those kids are adults now, probably. A few of them have kids of their own. Yeah, so um, he was our associate pastor. He then left Christian Chapel and served as a pastor of Aspen Creek Church in Broken Arrow. While he was there, he finished his PhD. Um, Upon completion of that, he went to work at ORU, where he's the director of the Holy Spirit Research Center, and just does a lot of writing, a lot of research, and a lot of teaching on the power, the presence, and the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of individual believers and the church. Uh, So we are really privileged privilege to have him not only as a part of our church, but here to speak with us tonight. So you please help me welcome Daniel Iskrig. Thank you. Thank you. All right, there we go. Thank you, Pastor. I heard in his sermon last week that he said I could teach for an hour on this. And so that's right. You said that, right? I could teach for an hour. All right. So here we go. (laughs) <laughs> that is. That was out of context. <laughs> now, it's a, it's a thrill to share tonight. I want to share some insights um, about the gifts of the Spirit, and I'm just really trusting the Lord to help me frame this in a way that will be meaningful to all of us tonight. Some of you took part in the class uh, classes I've taught on the Holy Spirit here, and so, you know, it could be part of this would be things that you know, you've heard me say before, insights, so it may not rock your, the, the revelation of, of, your, of your mind, but I'm confident of this. The Holy Spirit wants to rock His revelation inside your heart and inside your spirit. And what He wants to do in you is more important than what He wants to teach you tonight. And that's always my prayer, is that as we come together, as we gather together, that the Holy Spirit would encounter our lives and shape our lives and change our lives. I was talking to a student uh, yesterday that came to my office. This happens a lot. Folks just wander into the Holy Spirit Research Center and just assume that they can find some answers on the Holy Spirit. And so, so it's a really cool job. I don't know if you've got that yet, but it's a pretty cool job. But anyway, uh, this one was uh, coming there and just talking about, you know, some of the things that was going on in her life. And I was just reminded of that verse um, in the Gospel of John where Jesus says, you know, I am I'm the vine and you are the branches. And without me, you can do nothing. The problem is we don't really believe that. Right? The problem is we don't live our lives that way. But I'm pretty sure Jesus is right about that. Like literally nothing. Like you can do nothing without Jesus. And without the flow of the spirit of life flowing into you through the vine, we can do nothing. And that's the spirit in the vein of which I want to talk about um, the gifted church. What is, a, what is a gifted church? What is a spiritually gifted church? Of course, our tradition is known for spiritual gifts. You know, Pentecostals and Charismatics have always been the people of the gifts, right? Particularly Charismatics, which is the kind of the renewal movement that hit a lot of, 
uh, mainline churches, the thing that made them unique as Methodists or Catholics or Episcopalian within their tradition was that they believed that the Holy Spirit was bringing alive gifts within the body. And so, you know, there's many times I, I wonder sometimes if the Catholic charismatic church down the street might be a little more gifted than some of our Pentecostal churches. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm just pretty sure that sometimes when we talk about gifts, it's the people who have not been around the gifts so much that appreciate it more than we do. But God wants a gifted church. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as pastor so wonderfully shared last week, it's hard to really you know, build on, on, on what he did because it just framed it so well. But the problem with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul was addressing a church that embraced the gifts. And he, he, was, he was dealing with a group of people that were a gifted church to begin with. The necessary part of the letter was him addressing this. And he was saying to them, I don't want you to be informed about what the purpose of these are. And so they were using the gifts, but the problem was they were using them in the wrong way. That's the message of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14. You have gifts, but you're not using them correctly. So I want to share three things that I think tonight need to frame our understanding of, of how and why gifts are really important to us. Now, of course, there are other gifts of the Spirit listed throughout the New Testament. You have Ephesians chapter 4, which is the fivefold gifts. You've probably heard apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. You also have Romans, uh, the book of Romans uh, chapter 12. It gives a list of gifts like administration and leadership and, and things like that. And each one of these lifts, uh, each one of these lifts, there's a word used for gifts. And it's the word charismata, so where we get charismatic from it. So it's two, it's a compound Greek word, charisma, which means grace. And charisma, the mata on it, the, the ending on it means a portion. So the, literally the word gifts in the New Testament means a portion of grace. A apportionment of grace. And so what Paul is saying in the body of Christ, there are different apportionments of grace. Some people have the grace to be a pastor. I wonder in my seven years as I pastored if I really had the grace to do it. I did it, but I'm not sure I had the grace for it. Some pastors, some evangelists, some missionaries like Stephen Kurt back there, like grace on that man's life, grace on the man's life to do what he's doing. And for you, you have found your place in life and your place in church where God has given you the grace. So that's a gift from God for you to be operating in that way. But when you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, something very different is happening here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1. Paul tells us, he says, Now about spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, what's interesting about this, and you've heard this if, you take, if you've taken my class before, but actually in the Greek, here's what it says. Now, concerning spiritual, which is an adjective, and there's no noun. Now, concerning pneumaticon is the Greek word, and the next word is adelphoi, which is brothers. And so translators 
for the last 400 years have inserted a word, and that word is gifts. So we have read this for generations, that this passage is about gifts of the Spirit, but that actually is not the case. So what's happening here in 1 Corinthians actually is probably better translated now about those spiritual people in your congregation. The spirituals, that's a, it's an adjective. So it could either be modifying the, the Adelphoi, the brothers, now about spiritual brothers or spiritual people, or it could be referring to a generic spiritual manifestation, now about the things of the Spirit. So that's why um, I started to write a book on this, and I, my tentative title right now is The Things of the Spirit, which is actually kind of a, a dumb name. But it captures the point here. It's not about the gifts of the Spirit. It's about the spiritual things that take place in the church. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about how these spiritual things, what's this spiritual stuff that's going on? Now, maybe you're not from this tradition. Maybe you had no idea that this is a spirit-filled church. Maybe you've never heard the word Pentecostal before. Somebody came up to me after a service a couple weeks back and said, uh, are we Pentecostals? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. So, yeah, so that's what we are. We are spirit people. And Paul says, like, if that's new to you, if you're in this place and that's new to you, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. This is what the spirit, the things of the spirit, this is what it looks like. This is how we operate. This is what we do. And so we are reminded in 1 Corinthians that to worship together is to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. That is the whole thing that we're doing here. Right? Worship itself, the gathering of the body of Christ, the gathering of people to worship, we first and foremost recognize that we are dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Everything we do, from how we plan worship, to how we, the messages we preach, to how the response goes, to how the people pray uh, with individuals at the end of the service, to how our children are ministered to, to how the youth are ministered to, everything is a work of the Holy Spirit. And it's the spirit working through us that takes place here. So, so if it's not spiritual gifts, it's not the word charismata is not there. If it's not that, then what is it? Well, verse number seven tells us, Now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge. By the means of the same spirit. To another faith. To another gifts of healing. To another miraculous powers and prophecy. Distinguishing of spirits. Different kinds of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. But all of these work one and the same spirit. And he gives to each one as he determines. So what we have going on here. Is actually. It's not a gifts of the spirit. That characterize a spiritual church. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That characterize a spirit filled church. Because as, uh, as Luke tells us in Luke chapter 13. Or 11 verse 13. He says. If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. 
So see the, the symbolism, the parallelism there. If you give good gifts to your children, God will give the good gift of the Holy Spirit to you. And so what, what, the, what the point then here is that it's the Holy Spirit working through us to minister within the body. That's the point. It's that Holy Spirit has control of our lives and we can minister to one another. Everything that we do. So it's not about God distributing um, gifts like uh, you get the gift of evangelism. Congratulations. Now you got that. And you get speaking in tongues and you get healing. Um, but you can't have healing and neither can you. Right. But no, actually, and I'm going to step off stage if you don't mind, uh, cameraman here. <clears throat> so to illustrate this really well, if it's a manifestation of the spirit and not a gift of the spirit, it's not the possession of the person. It's the possession of the spirit. Right. So it's not that we need to get spirits to possess. It's that the Holy Spirit needs to possess us so we can be used. Does that make sense? You catching on with me here? So it's more like the quarterback, right? So the quarterback has a football, calls a play, and then he looks for somebody open. There's Srikanth here. I know he's open. I know this man right here. He is always open. Here you go. Catch that. So the Holy Spirit gives a gift, and Srikanth is here, and he's using that gift, and he's used in that moment when God needs him there. Like, God gives him something. And he's ready. And he's ready to pray. He's ready to prophesy. He's ready to, to heal. He's ready to do that. But get what happens after the play is over? The ball goes back to the quarterback. And guess what? Next time I want healing, I don't pick the person who has healing. I pick another person. Now this time it's your turn. And so what happens here? And it comes back. And this is, this is what gifting is. Gifting is not the possession of the person. It's the possession of the person. Come on, somebody. You got to help me here. It's not I have a gift. It's I have the gift. And anyone, as the Spirit wills, can use those manifestations for what? That's the second point. The gifts remind us that we're dependent upon each other. See, here's the thing. God never designed us to heal ourselves. Oral Roberts, perfect example. He, he would have told you he cannot heal himself or his own family. In fact, he, many times he would express frustration. In fact, he said at the beginning of every single one of his uh, meetings, he always said, I have no power in myself to heal. It is Jesus who heals. If you're looking to Oral Roberts to heal you, you will be disappointed. And he talked about what he would do is he'd stay behind stage and he would wait until the anointing comes. And then he would go out on stage and he would minister and he would preach. And then the gift of healing would flow. But he would say this. Once the manifestation of the gift subsides, I am keenly aware that I am reduced to a position of less power. Even Oral Roberts, the greatest healing evangelist of, of you know, last century, recognized there was no innate power in him to do that. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. But Oral's not unique. I mean, he is. He's unique. But, but it, he was working with the same Holy Spirit that works in us. 
And so the gifts of the Spirit are entire, they're, they're, they were um, designed for the Holy Spirit to manifest himself through you for the good of the person who is next to you. So when you come with a need, you need the people around you. And the way that the people around you can meet the needs is if they are filled with the Spirit and the Spirit can manifest and work through them. What do we do when we come to church? We expect the holy man up on the stage to do all the work. We expect the worship team to do all the work. We expect the prayer team to do all the work. We expect the pastoral staff to do all the work. And that's not what he said. He said the manifestation of the spirit is for the common good. It's for the person next to you. You have been filled with the spirit to minister to the person sitting right next to you. One of the cool things that, that happened, um, so when you're a pastor, you, you, you hold that uh, responsibility upon yourself to minister to people. And so when we came back here, like, I was a little unhinged. I don't know if any of you all remember that. But, like, I didn't know what to do with myself because I'm used to being in that mode where the pastor does things and prays for people. And I'm totally comfortable with doing that. I'll pray with anybody, right? And, and so we'd come into service and we'd be sitting in the back and I'd be looking around and the Lord's like, you got to go over there. You got to go. And I'm like, laying my hands on, how many of you, I came up to you during the service at some point and laid my hands on you and prayed for you or something. Yeah, a few of you, I see those hands, right? <laughs> Because I didn't know what to do with myself. Why? Because I was conditioned by my position to be in a place where I'm looking for opportunities to minister. But the average person who walks in this house tonight, you have not been conditioned that way. And so you are not looking for the opportunities that the Holy Spirit wants to use you. But I can guarantee you, he wants to use you just as much as he used me. You had an assignment when you walked into here. There's somebody with a need sitting by you. There's somebody who needs a word sitting by you. There's somebody who needs a gift of healing sitting by you. There's somebody who needs to be filled with the Spirit sitting by you. And all of that is under the moving and leadership of the Holy Spirit. The question for us is, do we have the common good of our neighbors? Do you care and love about your neighbors enough to say, Holy Spirit, you filled me, not for myself, to get my needs met, to get my healing, to get my provision, but so I can minister to the people next to me. Y'all with me on that? That's why Paul says the eye cannot say to the leg, I don't need you. Because we do need each other. We can't heal ourselves. We can't hear God for ourselves. I mean, we can, but um, how many of you have had a word? Somebody said a word to you and it just made all the difference, right? Yeah. You know, when we were doing the prayer line for the Ash Wednesday, man, I can't help it. But when I lay hands on people, like I hear, I just hear things and I see things and I just pray out of that spirit. I pray what God, like I see things, what God wants to say to people because everybody needs to hear from God and we need each other to be able to do that. All right. And number three. The gifts uh, of the Spirit remind us that we are dependent upon love. So, after Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit, in chapter 13 he says, But now let me let you know something. 
You can be spiritual people, but without love, you're nothing, right? You can be spirit, you can move mountains, you can heal, you can do all these things, but without love, you're nothing. You're, you're a clanging gong. Now, how many of you have been to some, some churches and you've seen some spirit-filled people be clanging gongs, right? We know what that looks like. It's a look at me, right? It's a here's what I am. It's a here's, here's look, look how gifted I am. God doesn't want gifted people. He wants people with a gift working in their lives. He wants the fruit of the Spirit working in your life. He wants the Holy Spirit working in your life, not gifted people. Gifted people ruin the church. We, we celebrate leadership culture all the time, and that's great. But guess what? There's a whole lot of people who are really good leaders who are horrible people. We don't need good leaders. We need good leaders. Right? So it's more important that we're good, that we're loving. It's more important, you know, follow the way of love, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So he says, look, all this, remember, the love is the motivation. This is why we come together. Now, here's the important part. The gifts of the Spirit are for the common good, which means my brother and my sister depend on me to be a person filled with the Spirit and able, and able to allow the Holy Spirit to work through me. That is a gift of love. It's loving each other by allowing the Spirit to work through you to each other. Now, you think, that's not me. I can't do that. Like, I can't pray for anybody. I don't even pray out loud. Okay, well, that's fine. But guess what? How we love each other is how we minister to each other. Now, <clears throat> it's really common, right, in churches to say things like, you should get involved in a home group. Because a home group is where you can connect and you can fellowship. Connecting and fellowship is really important. But imagine connecting and fellowshipping empowered by the Spirit. Imagine connecting with the words of God. Imagine connecting with the, with the empowerment of the prophetic word. Imagine connecting in those moments where somebody shares their deepest pain and the Holy Spirit ministers to them and sets them free. Imagine that kind of, that's the connection that is needed. Not just, hey, I'm here, we're together, you get to know me, I get to know you, I get to tell the next person about my job, right? It's about connecting on a way. And that's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, when you come together, uh, I don't remember where the verse is. Yeah, when you, verse 26, when you come together, one has a hymn and one has a word and one has a revelation and one has a tongue and all these are done for the strengthening of the church. That's how we strengthen each other is we have, we have fellowship with the spirit. So pursue love, but eagerly desire spiritual giftedness. So if love is our goal, love for our brother and sister who are here with us tonight, then we allow the Holy Spirit to come. And so when we want to rethink this, the Holy Sp spiritual giftedness is not, like Pastor said, the, the possession of a certain number of spiritual people. It's a body ministry. It always has been. Charismata, a gift of grace, is this, this ministry. It's a gifting. Pneumaticone is that gifting. That's you all. 
That's you right now. That's you, your potential right now to have the Holy Spirit minister through you to somebody in this room tonight. And that's really all this is. What Paul was saying was these things keep coming up. Why do they keep coming up? Why is there this? Why is there that? Um, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And so as the worship team comes uh, up, I want to uh, challenge you tonight that this is, where, this is where we are as a church. A gifted church is a spirit-gifted church. The gift of the Spirit living with us. The gift of the Spirit filling us. The gift of the Spirit coming inside of us. And so what's first priority for all of us is that we make room in our hearts, make room in our spirits for the Holy Spirit to come. That's the first part. Um, in traditional liturgical churches, they call the first prayer of the service the invocation. Now, that word invoke means to welcome. Right? To invoke the name of something or to pronounce, they invoke. They call it the invocation because it was, it was a ritual of inviting the Holy Spirit to come. And so the Lord is not interested in giving you a gift. He's interested in giving you the gift so you can give gifts to others. Because the gift is never yours. If you give a word to somebody in season... Who had the gift? Is it me? Or is it the person that received the word? They got the gift, not me. If you, if you pray for somebody for healing and a gift of healing happens, who received that gift of healing? The person you prayed for, not you. You don't have the gift of healing. They have it. They received it. It's about the common good. It's about our good. So why don't we stand tonight, if, you, if you'd like, if you're comfortable and you want to do that. And we're going to make room. We're going to sing the song, I'll make room for you. And here's the room that I think the Lord wants to have us make tonight. Um, yes, we need room in our church for the gifts of the Spirit. If you're one of those people that says, hey, why don't I see more gifts of the Spirit happening in the church? Well, Hello? How often is God using you to give gifts to the people that you've come with? Are you looking for the show of the gifts? Or are you looking for the gift because you love your brother and sister who's in the room with you? And so we need to make, Christian chapel needs to make room for the gifts. But the only way we do that is to make room for the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not good at a lot of things. But one thing I am good at is I've recognized that the Holy Spirit is the only thing that matters in my life. And somehow in my life, I've learned that without him, I can do nothing. And Holy Spirit, I'm praying that every person in this room tonight would recognize that. Holy Spirit, we need you. 
we need you like water. We need you like, like a hunger. We need you like, like a dry and parched mouth. We are thirsty for you. And we're desperate for you. I pray this Lenten season that you would purge us of any pretension that we have enough in ourselves. We have nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing to offer my brother and sister, but Holy Spirit, you do. And you can use me tonight. I have nothing to, to give to the, to the hopelessness of the world. I have nothing to offer of answers for the, the tragedies in the world. But Holy Spirit, you have something to offer men and women and children and people in my life, wherever I encounter them, Holy Spirit, you want to give gifts into their life and you want to use me to do that. And so I make room right now for you to do that. Maybe this is new for you. I just encourage you. You know what the reason we lift our hands is there's actually something psychological that takes place that if your hand is down and like this, you're not open. There's actually a psychology of that, that if you will open your hands like this, like if you have to testify, you should open your hand because you'll be more honest when you testify. Lawyers will tell you that. Why? Because you're, you're open. And so I'm open, Lord. We lift our hands because we say, Holy Spirit, I want to make room for you. And I'm open right now. And so I just encourage you, you need more of the Holy Spirit in your life, which is everybody, but particularly those that this is new for you. I just encourage you to lift your hands and let him fill you. He's not waiting on anything. He's not waiting. There's nothing, there's no hoops you got to jump through in order to become a person of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to pour into you. The Father loves to pour into you. The Holy Spirit loves to move in you. He wants to pour into you. He wants to pour into you so much that 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 gift of the Holy Spirit will flow out of you to the other, other people, flow out of you to the people who are hurting around you, flow out of you with gifts of knowledge and gifts of healing and gifts of tongues and gifts of interpretation. And the Holy Spirit wants to pour into you so he can pour out of you tonight. Hallelujah. God, we're open right now. Holy Spirit, come. Come, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Whatever that looks like, whatever it sounds like, whatever that means for me, if I gotta get up and go pray for somebody, if I gotta get up and, and, and go lay on the floor and weep, if I got, whatever I gotta do, Holy Spirit, I'm here right now for you. I make room for you. Come on, let's, let's sing that, I'm gonna make room. Make that your prayer. Make that your prayer. Lord, we're open. We're open. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Do whatever you want.
just sing this song, as we sing it right now, I just, I just, I've, I just felt that God wanted to say to you tonight, it's more important for you to be a gift in people than to have gifts. Right now, it's more important in this moment for you to recognize your desperate need of the gift. That could look different ways. It could be new for you, like the, the person that's never seen that, never experienced that. It could be that you are the person who has experienced that, but you've, ne but you've never lived that out. It's not become real in your life or that it was, a, it was an experience in the past and I don't know where that is right now. The Holy Spirit wants to renew that in you. And I just want to make myself available. I'll be here at this altar as we sing this song, as we cry out to the Lord. Here's what I want you to do, two things. If you need somebody to pray with you, guess what? We need each other. That's okay. Like, that's why we're here. We need each other. To be needy is good. Convince yourself, needy is good, right? If you need somebody, grab somebody beside you and say, pray with me, please. Maybe God will flow through you what I need. But if you need the Holy Spirit to move in your life, I'll be here, I'll be praying with whomever needs that. Or grab the person next to you because it's not just me, it's you. If you're filled with the Spirit, that you bear the Spirit. The Spirit is with you and you have a gift to give. And so let's just sing that.
All right, and so, you know, churches are really good at talking a lot and not doing anything, <clears throat> especially with something like this. So bring the lights up for me, please, would you? About, you know, what a normal service sort of lights. There we go. All right, now here's what we're going to do. Hallelujah. Let's just stir up the spirit right now. If you're filled with the spirit, just pray with me right now. Let's just stir up this room. See here, this is what's happening. As you're praying in the spirit, what you're doing is you're allowing the Holy Spirit to stir up and flow in you. Without flowing into you, you can't flow out of you with the gifts. And what we're doing when we pray in the spirit, we're just getting ourselves aligned right now with what he wants to do. God has sent you here tonight for. Uh, like I said, when we came back, we, we would sit in the back. We had to stop sitting in the back because I kept looking around and I kept seeing things. I had to keep get, getting up and going around. And, and when you get in the front, like we've been sitting more up front, and you don't see as many people. And so the Lord doesn't use you as much. So that's a, that's a theology of not sitting up front, Chris. Um, being a back row because you can, the Lord gives you more targets. But as we've stirred ourselves up, I just want you to be prayerful right now. Uh, two things I want us to do. Number one, I want you to just look around and see if the, if the spirit would lead you to maybe go to somebody and have a word for them or something like that. You know, what, what the Lord would have for you. Second thing, and this is going to be cool, so you'll have to watch this. Um... I need a couple people that have a need in their life to volunteer raising their hand, but don't tell us what that is. Okay? Anybody have a, want to be a volunteer to let the Lord do something cool in your life? So, all right. All right. Sharon has one. Okay. Flo has one. All right. There's one. All right. And Teresa has one there. Anyone else? Okay. Then I need a couple people to go around those people. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to I'm going to lead us in prayer. They're not going to tell you what they need. And you're going to wait on the Lord until the Lord shows you something that they need. So somebody come around. Yes, for you of you there, you know, it's all right. You can do it. Those of you around Sharon, just lay a hand on her. Just touch her. I guarantee you this is, this is how this works. And around flow. See, the Holy Spirit knows what Sharon needs. And the Holy Spirit loves Sharon. And the Holy Spirit wants to minister to Sharon, but, but he can't do it without you. 
And all he wants is a vessel. All he wants is somebody whom the Holy Spirit has gifted to allow the gift to flow through. So as you lay hands on Teresa, as you lay hands here, just quietly lay hands. And I just want you to listen. Maybe, maybe, uh, can you do just piano instead of the, the, you know, the woofy, the woofy thing for just a minute? Can you, will that transition? Because I want us to hear right now. Or maybe the Lord has put somebody on your heart. Why don't you go walk to them right now in our last couple minutes here? Let's just, just wait. Just wait on the Lord. you have your hand on somebody that needed it just wait on the Lord until he tells you what to begin to pray for them and then just begin to speak that out over them might be a word of encouragement it might be a scripture it might be just a prayer that's something they're dropping in just something something's going to come in your spirit and you're going to be again and some of you there's the Lord put somebody on your heart and you need to move to that person right now and just just touch him on the shoulder and say, you know, I believe the Lord just wanted me to come and pray for you right now. Because we need each other, whether we admitted it or not, we need each other. So just begin to pray. Begin to pray. And the Lord's going to show you things. The Lord's going to show you things. These are gifts given to people in moments when they needed them. Don't be shy. Go ahead and pray over them where they can hear it. And let them be blessed by what the Spirit is leading you to pray over them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. There's still people who haven't moved in here that need to. The Lord led you and you're saying, I'm not sure if I should. Yes, you should. Go. Go. Move. Go minister to that person. You didn't do it, and he knows it. <laughs> Go do it. That's it. That's it. Holy Spirit, come and touch right now. This is how we learn this, folks. This is how we learn how to do this. We just get up out of our seat and we go do it. And we pray until the Lord shows us. And we pray for people because they're valuable to God. Because he loves them and he wants to minister to them. And he wants to use you to do that. It's a gift of love you're giving right now as you pour out your heart. As you're interceding. As you're feeling their pain with them. And as you're calling on the name of the Lord. And asking God, please do something. For my brother and my sister, they need you so much. And I'm powerless, God, but your Holy Spirit is powerful. Your Holy Spirit moves. Your Holy Spirit is a gift. Your Holy Spirit brings healing. Your Holy Spirit brings deliverance and discernment. Miracles.
brother or my sister. discernment is needed the power of your bring deliverance bring tongues bring interpretation bring these things that we need God speak to our hearts speak to our lives just lean into this moment right now he's pouring out his spirit just go deeper right now Deeper right now. Deeper right now. This is where he moves. When he gets past those barriers, he gets past those blocks, he gets past that pride, he gets past those barriers, he gets past that resistance, he gets past those demons that have been tormenting you, he gets past those things, he brings deliverance, he brings gifts to you, he brings power to you, he brings filling to you, he brings life to you. He's moving in you right now. Just embrace it. Embrace it. Holy Spirit, pour out. Pour around, make us a gifted people, a gifted church. Holy Spirit, fill us up. Fill us up. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You see that? You feel that there? All right, so I'm gonna take two minutes to do the end of our clinic here. All right, who prayed for somebody? And did you sense or feel something? Anybody over here that you were praying for somebody? Did you feel it? Did you sense it? Did you hear it? Did you pray it? Yes? Any? Yes? How was that? Sharon, did the Lord help you? Somebody prayed for Teresa. You felt something, a word. Did you get ministered to do? Did that? Good. Good. Jeremy. Do you mind? So when I prayed for him, the Lord was showing me some things. And the word I saw was like um, irritation. I can't even remember the word. Nagging. Nagging. <laughs> did that word minister to you? It did. It did. It was exactly what I needed to hear. I saw it. I just, what I saw, I mean, he has pain in his foot and I prayed for his foot, but what I saw was a nagging in there. And that, that word. Got me. Got me. That word. One word. In the midst of all the other stupid words I probably said, one word got to him, right? That's how this works. So, do we need to stop the service to do this? No, we don't. 
because you sit next to these people all the time and you're in the service all the time. And so what you do is you bring the spirit in with you. You allow him to fill you up and then you allow him to use you because you love the people around you. Amen. Amen. Pastor Guts. I always love when Danny uh, teaches and leads us because he pokes and he prods um, until you respond, which, I mean, that's like, that's our goal. It's what we've talked about all through Lent is we want to experience the spirit, not just learn about the spirit. Um, if you just want to learn, we can give you lots of books to read. But if you want to experience, you have to gather with other believers. You have to pray. And especially if you want to operate in the gifts of the spirit, you have to move and open your mouth. And, and I appreciate Danny's uh, gentle and sometimes not so gentle prodding for us to just, hey, you, you hear that voice in your spirit. You hear that voice in your head saying, go speak, go say, move out, move over, go encourage, go pray. And we're so hesitant. Uh, but Danny, we've had a lot of conversations over the years of a spirit-filled church is just a church where people are filled with the spirit. And it's, it's just a church where when that happens, then the gifts of the spirit operate at Wednesday dinners and in kids' classrooms and in home groups and in worship services. And you don't need mics or lights or music for any of it. You just need people in the Holy Spirit. And when we surrender, he works. So I'm just gonna pray for us that we will continue to be people of the spirit. Lord, we thank you for the, the words that Danny has spoken. More than that, we thank you for the experiences we have had of walking with your spirit and obeying you. And so Lord, I, I pray especially for those who may be here tonight that all of this is still just kind of new and they're trying to wrap their minds around it. I pray Lord that you would assure us tonight that the Holy Spirit is for all of us all of the time, that the gifts of the spirit are clearly laid out in the scriptures. They are, are the directive of Jesus for us. And so, Lord, we want to be people who walk in the power of your spirit every day in every moment. We're inviting the gifts of your spirit to be on display in our homes and in our jobs and our classrooms and in our neighborhoods. Lord, we are praying uh, not only that we will live with a desire for others to minister the gifts to us, but Lord, with a desire to minister the gifts to others, to share the gift of the spirit that we have received in whatever form he chooses to distribute his grace to others through us in each moment and each day. So Lord, I, I pray for those who have received the ministry of the spirit this evening, that the things you have spoken and encouraged, things you have challenged and released will take root, will flourish and will grow. And Lord, I pray for each of us that we would live with an increasing awareness of our dependence on you and with an excitement for what it means to live and to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit in every moment of every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We can't wait to see you on Sunday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.